Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. You have to have a simple rule that is a truth, and you have to stick to that. That's how you're going to get great deals and get them fast. And my simple truth is, again, knowing what I'm willing to pay per bed. Best ever listeners, I want to mention Lima One Capital, and I found out about them through a guest that I was interviewing on the show, and he mentioned how he was scaling his business. He was actually buying 10 single-family homes within one year, and I asked him, how were you able to buy 10 single-family homes, and how were you financing that? He's like, oh, well, I just use an asset-based lender. I was like, who is that? And he told me it's Lima One Capital. I reached out to them afterwards, got to know them, and they are the sponsor of today's episode because they've got some unique lending programs. Uh, one of them is called Rental 30, where, as I mentioned, they're an asset-based lender. So they're lending based on the property's appraised value, as well as they look at the down payment that you're bringing to the table and the cash reserves. Uh, they'll lend up to 75% loan to value. And this is huge. This is huge because... Typically, as a single-family investor, uh, your lending strength is based on your personal income as well as how many properties you have, how many loans you have out. There's no restrictions on portfolio size with their Rental 30 program. Go to lima1capital.com forward slash best ever. Sign up. Learn more about their program. That's lima one Capital dot com forward slash best ever they also have a program for fix and flippers even if you haven't done a fix and flip they'll still lend to you they've been in the business uh since 2010 so they've been around the block they know their underwriting guidelines they're not loosey-goosey but they do have a very specific uh criteria um that helps beginning fix and flippers get their fix and flip projects done as well as experienced fix and flippers they reward you as an experienced fix fix and flipper and you actually get a lower interest rate and lower origination fee again go to lima1capital.com forward slash best ever and some legal stuff i have to say it is lima one capital llc and the NMLS ID number is 1324403. And their address is 201 East McBee Avenue, Suite 300, Greenville, South Carolina, 29601. Again, lima1capital.com forward slash best ever. If you're looking for a fix and flip loan or if you're looking for a buy and hold investment property, and you're trying to finance it and you want it to be asset-based, 
lima1capital.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners. Hello, hello. How you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a show where we cut out the fluffy stuff. We don't get into any of that fluff. We've talked to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and many other best ever guests. With us, we got a very successful entrepreneur. How you doing, Nathan Latka? Joe, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me on. My pleasure, my friend. Really nice for you to join us. And if you don't recognize Nathan's name, well, then you've got to go check out his popular podcast, The Top Entrepreneurs. It is uh, a very quick-hitting daily podcast that uh, Nathan drills the uh, guests on their numbers, which I really enjoy and I've been fortunate enough to be a guest on. Uh, Nathan also currently owns Nine Beds, and he uh, started investing when he was 21 years old. And by the way, when I say nine beds, I mean nine rooms for <laughs> for for, uh, for people. Thanks for clarifying that, yes. Joe. <laughs> He's currently a collector of mattresses. Yeah. <laughs> He's based right now in Austin, Texas. And you can say hi to him at his website, NathanLatka.com. With that being said, Nathan, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure. And I have to tell you, you are so nice with how you describe the show. You know, I launched the thing from the mountains of Southwest Virginia, Joe, and people said, Nathan, what the heck are you doing launching a podcast? Like, no one's going to listen, blah, blah, blah. The fact of the matter was, I was doing the podcast for myself. They were just for me. And I'm like, heck, I should publish these episodes. And before you know it, Inc. is calling it the number one rated podcast, you know, above some of my good friends like Tim Ferriss and John Lee Dumas. Uh, you know, it went from nothing to a million downloads in under six months. And many, many are telling me it was the fastest growing business podcast they've ever seen. So we've been blessed. And it's because I think it's what you just described. The shows are, I mean, they sometimes they get really mean, to be quite frank, because we can't have these fakers online, these people that do these big product launches. They kind of fib about their net worth or how much they're making. They come on my show and I hit them so hard. I go, how much money did you make last month? And how'd you do it? And we get into revenue numbers and it's great. So that was doing well, but you know, that just launched six months ago. Before that, my backstory is when I was 19, I was studying architecture at Virginia Tech. I'm 26 now. So long story short, I dropped out of architecture because nobody was hiring after the financial crash. And I launched a drag and drop software platform called Heyo, which we grew to 10,000 monthly paying customers. It was a recurring SaaS business model, software as a service. And uh, we raised $2.5 million. Uh, $2 million of that was from a Forbes billionaire that I convinced to be a cold email to invest. Grew the team to 25 people. And just recently sold that uh, several weeks ago in, in uh, call it January 2016. Sold that to our number one competitor. So I am now really just focused on the podcast. I'm advising many, many companies that are wanting to give me equity. I'm doing a lot of very fun things. And in between all of that, I'm really taking most of my cash and following David Swenson at Yale, his endowment, I'm following his investment uh, kind of uh, all allocation model. And part of that model calls for 20% 20, uh, 20 of your, uh, your total kind of income or investment money going towards real estate. So I did my first deal, as you mentioned, at the age of 21. Well, really quick, uh, a question on what you just mentioned as far as your, the selling of your company. Congrats on that. How much did you personally net? The way that the sale worked is you take, you know, there's a mathematical formula. In the SaaS business, what folks look at is they look at total top line revenue, right? Which is nice because in real estate, we don't look at top line revenue, we look at cash flow. But you take total top line revenue and you annualize it over you know, 12 months and then you get some multiple on it. So 
as part of the sale, the company that bought it was called Vodigo. They didn't want to reveal, and quite frankly, it's smart. It's, I think it's pretty smart of them. They didn't want to share what the actual sale price was because it shows their competitors kind of how much cash they're playing with or how much they've got around. But I can tell you, Joe, it was a very great deal. People were very happy about it. It was a really big success. I don't know if you would stand for that answer if someone a- answered that on your podcast. <laughs> oh, I, I get hit. So I get hit so hard over this. You, you have no idea, Joe. What I've told people is uh, when the basically when I signed something called an NDA, right, a non-disclosure agreement, and what that means is illegal. I mean, it's it, legally I cannot share that information. Now, after six months or seven months, I'm happy to have the. <laughs> buyer, Jim Resnick, on the show, and uh, and we'll chat about maybe the deal price and how much of it was cash versus equity or if it was split and how it was split, etc. But I will tell you it was, uh, you know, my goal was to be, you know, sell my company before I turned 30. I sold it. I think there's like maybe 1% of 26-year-olds that built the company, raised two and a half million bucks, created 25 jobs and sold it before 30. So I'm very, very proud of that. Awesome. Well, congrats on the sale. Let's get into the first deal that you did when you were 21 years old. What are the numbers on it? You know, real estate for me, I didn't I didn't have time to study real estate or anything like that. What I did is I found a lady in Blacksburg, Virginia, who I trusted and said, if you see a deal, tell me and I'll immediately do it. And the reason I did Blacksburg, Virginia is a college town. So if you look at rental rates in 2008 during the crash, this college town, you know, being Virginia Tech, was really buffered. You didn't see a drop in rental rates. Sure, you saw a drop in kind of home values, but I'm not playing the real estate game to buy and sell. I want to buy assets and let them work for me for 80, 90, 100, 200 years. I want to hold them forever on cash flow. So my first ever deal, it was on a, a road called Roanoke Street in Blacksburg, Virginia. And uh, you know, it's about a mile walk to campus. It was a $210,000 deal with uh, five bedrooms in it. And what I did is I essentially put 5% down on that deal because I lived in one unit and I rented out the other four. So when you roll up kind of the math, you know, you take 5% of 210 grand, right? So you're cranking about 11, $12,000 there, plus call it four grand in closing costs. So I put 16 grand into the deal. And what it cash flows on a monthly basis is I've got about $1,900 coming in as rent. I've got about 1100 in kind of mortgage expenses, factor in a, a 2% kind of maintenance fee, um, a 6% management fee to the property manager to save me time. And, it's, and that's all included in the 1100 So it's netting me about $800 a month, and it's been doing that for the past several years. So I put in sixteen grand. It's making me about $9,600 per year. Cash returns on that obviously are fantastic, and those are the kinds of deals that I like doing. You bought that when you're 21 years old. You're now Correct. 26. What, what did you do on your next deal? So the next deal, this is actually, uh, this is kind of crazy. So what I realized, first off, I don't know, Joe, what your perspective is on this, but I don't know why realtors exist. I have to tell you, you know, I'm a deal guy. I like talking directly to the person that owns the property because I can ask them things like, hey, do you need all the money right away? What are you going to use the money for? Like I can bring out stuff emotionally with him that, that will allow me to then negotiate a better deal and realtors just get in the way of that. So I said, how can I find a great deal without using the listing service or realtor? And one morning, Joe, I started getting texts from my friends in Blacksburg that knew I was in real estate and they said, Virginia Tech just sent a notice out to everybody who was not or, or basically students living on campus saying they're willing to pay up to $1,200 to move people off of campus because they overcommitted. In other words, they let more freshmen in than beds they had on campus. Wow. So they're paying people to go off campus, which I knew the second that message went out, it would drive up rental rates, right? Anywhere close to the to campus. 
Mm-hmm. And so what I did is I started going around door knocking. I shaved my shameful beard. Let me tell you, Joe, I mean, it was not a good beard, right? It was <laughs> patchy. Shaved it all off, made myself look really, really young, went around door knocking, and here's what I did. I'd go up, I'd knock, you know, I would knock, and someone would answer, and I'd say, hey, uh, you know, I just, you know, there's no room on campus for students anymore. I'm wondering, do you have any spots open that I can rent from, you know, in this particular building? And usually it was like a college student who was already living there. And they'd be like, well, no, like we're, we're already full. We have friends like living here, et cetera. And I would say, oh, great. No problem. Well, I'm still going to be looking for a place probably next year and the year after. Can you connect me with the owner so that maybe I can rent from them in the future? I probably did that, you know, call it 10 times. And about two out of 10 folks, I'd actually get the email or phone number of the person who actually owned the building, which was my ultimate goal. Okay. And one of those ended up closing. It's it's right. I mean, it is it is a beautiful piece of property. You can literally stand on the front porch, throw a stone, and hit the campus. It's that close. So that deal was a four bedroom deal, and that one I did not do as a primary residence. This one I did as you know, just put you know twenty percent down. I can't remember if the I think the interest rate was three point nine percent. I want to say, but the long story short is the mathematics in the end worked out to about. $1,900 of top line and about $1,000 worth of, uh, worth of uh, expense in terms of mortgage, uh, you know, PMI, all that stuff. So that's also cash flow positive. And what was the purchase price for that? Uh, 323 323 Got it. Those are your two, correct? Those correct. are the two yep. that you own outright? Those are the ones that I own outright. Yeah. And I've kind of dabbled in how do you work with investors. And Joe, I'm really not I'm not a great person to talk to about working with investors in real estate. I'm still kind of understanding how that model works. But I can tell you, I only look at cash flow. I don't care anything about appreciation. I look, I look at this business you know, as I'm making money on software companies and, and, and a lot of other things that I do online. I want to take that money and as quickly as possible put it in vehicles that will make me money the rest of my life that take none of my time. And real estate obviously is perfect for that. When you got the phone number or email for the owners that the college students gave you, was it phone or e- email or both? It was typically both. But like, uh, you know, what I did is when I got the email, I then emailed the, the owner and said, hey, I stopped by your place. Um, what did I say to Steve? He was the owner of the first one. I, I, I believe and this was a while ago, but I believe I said something along the lines of, hey, stop by your place today. I know that you're full. Um, I know that you know vacancies obviously kill income and, and kind of rental income. Can I connect with you just to see if I might be a good fit to rent you know, in, in a year or two years from now? Right. So my goal, Joe, was just to get them in person. Because when I get somebody in person, Joe, people can't say no. They just can't. I'll convince them of anything. So that's what I did. <laughs> so let's 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 keep on going through that scenario. So uh, Steve yep. said yes. I I'd, I'd like to meet, uh, meet you in person. Uh, yep. How do you pick a location? And then when you arrive, what happens? How do I pick a location in terms of where to meet him or where I'm yeah. buying the? Yeah, where to, where to meet him? Oh, great. Yeah. So coffee shop downtown Blacksburg, Mill Mountain at the top of North Main Street. It was right near his office. Uh, we sit down for coffee. I shake his hand. And the first thing that I do, I need to build rapport with him as fast as possible. So I did very basic things like mimic his movements, typical mirroring things. If he crosses arms, you cross your arms. If he so- speaks slowly, you speak slowly. Basic things like that. And then what I did is I kind of searched for like connection pieces. And he eventually told me that he's working with a charity uh, that he's really passionate about that teaches entrepreneurship to thousands of students in Peru. And obviously, you know, I connected with him on that because I said, hey, well, you know, I, I'm building a big business right now. We're, we're having a lot of success for considering the my age and kind of where we're at. I would be happy and I would love to go to Peru at some point and kind of teach and, and tell my story. And so that connected with us. And then I started asking the tough questions like, why do you want to sell or, or 
or do you want to sell? And, and uh, he was kind of on the edge at first. But what I learned was he was really looking. He had owned this property for 30 or 40 years. His uh, charity actually owned the property. So he was chairman of the, of the charity, you know, of the board. So he had full control. And they were really looking to figure out a way to generate more capital to invest in a new program they were launching. So once I knew that and I asked questions like, how much do you need right away to get this program going? It just allowed me to really get inside of his head and really get the deal done because it was a great deal. If that was on the, you know, the listing service, it would have gone super fast. You bought it for three twenty three, and I assume you got a appraisal because you got a loan. So what did it appraise for? Yeah, about three twenty eight. Okay, got it. Yeah. All right, Nathan, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? Oh man, um, you know, <laughs> simplify. Um, and what I mean by that is, if I any deal that hits me now, I have a little pro forma. In fact, you at the top of the show, you said you know Nathan manages nine beds, and your people are going, "What the hell is this guy managing nine beds for? It's a mattress dealer or something." What that, the reason I, I, we phrase it like that is my pro forma is built around what I know I can pay for a bed in Blacksburg and get a return. And that number is $47,500. I have a kind of a cash on cash return that I like to get. And that price is 47 grand per bed. So if it's a five bedroom, you just take, you know, 47 grand times five, you know, so to call it 240, that's what you're willing to pay. And if it's, you know, above that, try and get coffee with them and negotiate them down. If it's below that, move on. But it, you have to have a simple rule that is a truth and you have to stick to that. That's how you're going to get great deals and get them fast. And my simple truth is, again, knowing what I'm willing to pay per bed. And what rent does that assume? That's a great question. So my average rent per bed it ranges kind of between 433 and about 675 So somewhere in between there. At a minimum, I can't go below 400 uh, at, at that price in, okay. in, in order to meet the, the... Basically, what that means is I'm going to make about 4800 bucks per year on the $47,000 investment. So you can see I'm obviously kind of going towards the 10% annual, annualized return, at least aiming for that. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Hit me. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Do you need more leads for your real estate business? And do you need a platform to help you get those leads? Well... Danny Johnson, previous best ever guest, episode 294, has exactly the solution for you, best ever listeners. Go to leadpropeller.com, and that's going to help you, well, get more leads. He's got a website service that you can sign up for. It's a money-back guarantee for the first 30 days, so no risk involved leadpropeller.com. You can also click the link in the show notes page and that will take you right there. Nathan, what's the best ever book you've read? Best ever book I read would have to be Storming the Magic Kingdom. It's about how Wall Street back in 1984 when Disney stock plummeted, how Wall Street tried to go in and take over the business. Thankfully, they did not. And now it's the biggest success it is today. But it's a great story of how Wall Street or, or commerce goes after creativity and the balance between those two empires. How have you applied the insights from that book in your business? Well, so super simple. Uh, Walt, Di you know, one of the things you learn about Walt Disney is that he did not get anything done without his older brother, Roy Disney. And Walt would say things like, Roy, I'm making this Cinderella movie with trifecta color, which was the first time it ever happened for 176 million bucks. I've already started spending money on it. Go figure out how to, you know, raise that money, basically. And so you really learn the value of partnerships and you have to have a creative force and a commercial force and they have to always blend. And so another great follow-up book to that is one written by Michael Eisner, who is the former CEO of Disney. 
He basically took over after Ron Miller. Ron Miller took over after Walt died. Ron Miller was actually the nephew of Walt. And the reason Michael Eisner is so critical is, you know, he really took that business into the, you know, you know, double digit billions of dollars. And his book is called Working Together, where he examines partnerships like this, these ranging from Charlie and Warren Buffett, Bill and Melinda Gates, uh, you know, all these partnerships and why they work. In, so part, it, the partnership. In the, away. in the business that you just sold, what force were you, the creative or the commercial? I was definitely the commercial. Sales, sales, sales. So I had two people that were really the creative engines behind Hale, and those folks' names were uh, Christina and Chris. And uh, so they, they kind of let me charge the forest, and then they came in afterwards and made everything pretty and really got things going how they should. So it worked very well. Best ever personal growth experience, and what did you learn from it? Oh, um, personal growth experience. Well, look, I would, in fact, maybe this past weekend, to be quite frank with you, I, I ended up, you know, I sold, obviously I've sold Hayo and a bunch of my friends that run tech companies in LA invited me out to consult with them. They're, you know, they're wanting to go, Nathan, join us. We'll give you equity, da, 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 da. So I'm studying their businesses and long story short is I get an invitation to Elton John's Oscar party. And I'm going, listen, I'm from like the mountains of Virginia. Why the heck would I go to an Oscar party? Well, you know, it felt uncomfortable and... I always know if I move towards something that genuinely makes me sick in my stomach, good things happen. So I did. I went, you know, I sent an email out to my list. Somebody wrote back and said, I'm in LA. I can get you a tux. I got a tux from my community. Ended up at the Oscar party and was having conversations with people like Caitlyn Jenner, Mariah Carey, Robert Kraft, who is the owner of the Patriots. I mean, just um, Elton himself. I mean, just amazing, amazing people. And so I think that a lot of humans in terms of personal growth, they value certainty. And what I would encourage people to do is understand worst case scenario because that will give you the freedom to move towards uncertain things. And when you move towards uncertain things, amazing things happen. What's the best ever deal you've done, whether it's real estate or business? Best ever deal that I've done. <clears throat> well, look, the real estate stuff is not as sexy as software. You know, raising $2 million from a Forbes billionaire on an $8 million pre-money valuation, so $10 million post-money valuation, that is a thrill. But it... The problem is it has a timeline. It starts and it stops. The thing I love about these real estate deals I'm doing is they literally last forever. So I am really most proud of probably the second deal I did where I went door knocking and got that deal without having to use a realtor. Who's the Forbes billionaire? RJ Kirk. So if you look him up, RJ Kirk, you can link to him in the show notes. He is the creator of Adderall. So, you know, Joe, whether you want to admit it or not, you know, most people have done Adderall, right? It gives you some focus, okay? But it was an it was an accident in his in his lab, and he was from Virginia. I connected with him, and he wanted to get into software. How did you connect with him? Well, I knew he so he had a family office in Roanoke, or sorry, in uh, Radford, uh, Virginia, which is right next to Blacksburg, Virginia, which is where Virginia Tech is. And we were really, I mean, we were a big fish in a small pond in terms of you know tech um, and software in Blacksburg. So when he was looking to get in that space and wanted to try and keep it local, we were the we were the folks that came across his target. I met up with him in person said, hey, listen, here's what we're going after. It's a big, big market. We want to take down a, a, a portion of Amazon in terms of how, how they're doing social commerce. I showed them it. That was on a Thursday. On a, on a Monday, they're writing back going, Nathan, we want to put $9 bucks in the business. And I'm saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't need that. We don't need that much money. I don't want that much money. Do two. So we did $2 million. What's the best ever way you like to give back? Look, I am really not fluffy duffy like this. Maybe it's because I'm young. Maybe it's because I'm just, you know, this is how I think. But I don't have charities. I don't do stuff like that. You know what I do? I focus on driving not just revenue but cash flow because that allows me to create jobs. And I ask people when they join me, I say, 
What do you want to be doing in 10 years? What's your ideal? And I work like you wouldn't believe, Joe, to make sure that person grows from where they are today to where they want to be. And that is, I think, the ultimate form of giving back. It's why capitalism works. I mean, it's, that's why I focus my time there instead of charities. What's the biggest mistake you've made so far in business or real estate? Frankly, I don't think I make a ton of mistakes. Uh, I like to I like to circulate deals and thoughts with a lot of people to minimize mistakes. Um, I would say, you know, if you know, one of the things that I do that can be a, an asset uh, and a disadvantage is just momentum. I move really fast, and so I gave up. You know, I went to the Entrepreneur Club at Virginia Tech when I had pre-sold seventy grand of of hay when it was first starting. And I said, basically, who wants to be a co-founder with me? And I gave two people uh, together. They owned 40% of the business. I only known them for about two days. And then long story short is that that partnership did not work out. So they had to get out of the company. They left. They're gone. But they, they took a lot of the equity with them. So there was essentially dead equity on the cap table. So that was a big, big multi, multi, multi-million dollar uh, mistake I made. But look, I don't think it was a mistake. I don't, I don't make many mistakes. And I think I learned from that. Nathan, what's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? If they're interested in learning more and actually seeing the financial documents behind that first real estate deal I did, I'm happy to give it to them. They can just text my name, that's Nathan, to 33444, again, for my P&L, income statement, all that stuff on that first real estate deal I did when I was about 21 years old. They can just text Nathan to 33444. They can also find me on my website at NathanLatka.com where I talk about how I want to kind of take over the media industry, starting with podcasting, where I want to run for president in 2036, build the world's largest hedge fund. Joe, we're going to do some big things. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, or they can just connect with me by uh, uh, go opening up iTunes right when this episode ends and searching Nathan Latka, the top entrepreneurs, where I interview some of the world's richest, smartest people and they break down all their revenue numbers. So it's a lot of fun. I hope to see them there. Well, Nathan, thank you so much for spending some time with us and uh, sharing your story and your approach. I love the simplified approach that you have when you look at not only real estate, but then other opportunities. And you, you mentioned a specific example with real estate where you have a performa bill where you, you've identified $47,500 as your strike price, assuming... Four hundred and thirty-three to six hundred seventy-five dollars in rents coming in, as well as you know, you, the the story that you told, where you were working to identify your next property, you knocked on doors, college students, then you met with uh, owners as a result of that tactic, and then you know, ultimately got your second place. Uh, and you know, talking through how you built rapport, every everything from crossing the arms to you know, matching the pace in which the person was speaking. Uh, to uh, asking some of the questions that tied back to what he was interested in and what ultimately would be a, a success for both of you should the transaction happen. Uh, and then, you know, just overall your, your approach with the podcast as well as your other business uh, ventures. So thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Joe. I appreciate you. Thank you. Do you need more leads for your real estate business and do you need a platform to help you get those leads? Well, Danny Johnson, previous Best Ever Guest, episode 294, has exactly the solution for you, Best Ever listeners. Go to leadpropeller.com, and that's going to help you, well, get more leads. He's got a website service that you can sign up for. It's a money-back guarantee for the first 30 days, so no risk involved leadpropeller.com. You can also click the link in the show notes page and that will take you right there.